high highs and low lows is what we see with the crowds in Jerusalem in the reading of the Passion. That it starts like we started our liturgy with them praising Jesus as the son of David, as the king, singing hosannas, taking off their own cloaks for him to walk over with the colt that he was riding on, tearing branches from trees to lay down as the red carpet for his royal welcome. And then the very same people, a few days later, condemn him to death for the very same thing, as the inscription above him on the cross is, this is the king of the Jews. They go from a high high to a low low within days. And see, the thing is, sometimes we have the temptation of allowing our passions, our emotions, our whims to dictate what we do. But our emotions only tell us where we are right now. They don't tell us anything about where we want to go, where we need to go. But if we let them, they will always lead us to places that we should not go. And we see that with others in the Passion narrative as well, right? Start with the apostles. The apostles are at the Last Supper with Jesus. He's washed their feet. And then when he announces to them that somebody is going to betray him, now they doubt all of their brothers around the table. They've lost whatever bond of brotherhood that they had, and they doubt each other. And then they take up the argument that we know they've had at least once before, if not multiple times, again wondering who is the greatest among them. They're anxious. But then when they go to the garden with Jesus, when they should be anxious with Jesus in prayer, they sleep. They go from being anxious when they should be at peace with Jesus, and they go to peace when they should be anxious at what is about to take place. Or you have Peter. Peter, who declares boldly before Jesus, I will go with you to prison and even to death. And then hours later, he's there confronted with the prospect of being imprisoned, of maybe put to death, and three times he denies Jesus. And St. Luke has an interesting addition that the other Gospels don't have, is that when the cock crows, it says, Jesus looked at him, and he wept bitterly. Sometimes, I think, for me at least, it was easy to think that Jesus was in another room, maybe inside the house, and Peter was out in the courtyard. And so... Jesus was over there and he was here and that's when he denied him. But in St. Luke's account, Jesus was within eyesight of Peter as he denied him, right there. If we let our whims, our passions, our emotions dictate how we choose to move forward, they will always lead us astray. The emotions aren't bad in and of themselves, right? Jesus fully human, experienced all of those same emotions, right? And we have a very vivid depiction of that in St. Luke's Gospel in the Garden of Gethsemane. When St. Luke describes that he was under such anguish that he sweated 
drops of blood. His anxiety, whatever fears that he had, were so heightened that he sweated drops of blood. But in the midst of those intense emotions, because of his prayer, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done, he moved through them and stayed focused on the Father to face his passion. And in the passion narrative, three people or three groups of people are singled out as having done that with Jesus. Right at the end, after Jesus dies on the cross, the centurion, one of the soldiers who was there, part of the whole process, stands and says, truly this man was innocent in front of all his brother soldiers who were still jeering at Jesus, taunting him, this centurion sees the innocence of Jesus. And then from there we have Joseph of Arimathea, who was among the Jewish leaders who put Jesus to death, who wanted him crucified, who pushed the crowds to push Pilate to make that happen. But it says specifically in Luke's gospel, Joseph was seeking the kingdom of God. And so he pulled himself out of that group of Jewish leaders, made himself isolated from the rest of them because he saw in Jesus the kingdom of God. And then the final group is the women. The women who stayed faithful to the cross to the end, while the rest of the apostles had fled and abandoned Jesus, they were there to the end to care for Jesus in his death and to care for his body in death when his closest friends were nowhere to be found. They kept their minds and their hearts focused on Jesus and allowed them to push through whatever the emotions were that would want to rip them away from this suffering. In our introduction for our liturgy before Mass, there's one line that always hits me at the beginning of Holy Week, when it invites all of us through Holy Week to follow in Jesus's footsteps. And this is a major reason why our liturgies all this week look so different. Because as we walk into the church, which we do every Sunday when we come, but today when we do it with palms raised, we are following in Jesus' footsteps. We are trying to walk like Him through our emotions, but staying focused in mind and heart on the Father, so that we can say with Him, not my will be done, but yours. So what I invite people to do pretty much every year on Palm Sunday is for the rest of this week as we move through Palm Sunday today, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, pick a character in this narrative and identify yourself with that person for the rest of the week. Walk with them as they walk with Jesus. Experience the passion, death, and resurrection of Christ 
through their experience and allow that to help you to understand the experience of what it was like to be present there in Jerusalem and then to know what grace to ask for from God that keeps you from being the centurion or Joseph of Arimathea or the women because we are all invited every day of our Christian lives to follow in the footsteps of Christ. But we are all tempted sometimes to let the intensity of the present moment allow us to choose things that would lead us away from God rather than to Him. But when we follow Christ, we move through those passions, those emotions, those whims, and we keep our minds and our hearts fixed on the Father.